What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hello, Greg. Top of the afternoon to you. Top of the afternoon to you, Nick. I didn't know it was going to come out there. It could have been any number of things with Greg. You never know. <laughs> is he going to bring back some of my past transgressions to throw back into my face? You know, or is he going to be on my side today? Are we going to be the asshole? No, no, we're oh, the asshole. going to be Greg versus Nick again. Or is no, he no, going to be the, the asshole? Yeah. Oh no! I think yeah. that's the thing I didn't expect about this pandemic. Right? Was just for it to. I thought I was already at the max level of Nick fandom you could be at, but now when he's on screen, I do just stare at him. You know what I mean? Like he's like Bill Murray and Ghostbusters. I'm just going to watch him the entire movie, see what he's up to. Come that is on. the that is the greatest compliment anyone's ever given to me. And that's now Tim and Andy are both dead to me. They're Speaking dead. of that, it's okay. He's the Hispanic heartthrob, Texas treat, Latino heat, clicking heads and ripping them to shreds, the globe trotting, head shotting, nitro rifle from twitch.tv, Andy Cortez. Apex hey. Legend season five is back, baby. Let's go. go. Let's go, Papa. Nick, you didn't give me a chance. You're like, you're saying Tim and I are dead to you because Greg paid you this incredible compliment, but we haven't had the chance to say anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the floor is open if anyone would like to try and <laughs> fucking fail miserably at giving me a better compliment than Greg just did. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. Try uh, in- Introduce Tim next. Over there, it's Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues, a.k.a. the verified one at Tim Gettys. Your hair's looking real thick. Nick, talk about me. Yeah, Damn. Tim is not my best. That friend. unbelievable. Tim is not my best friend. <laughs> I don't care. I'll take it. Can we can we talk about something real for a second? Because we never got. I'd love to. It's about time we got our slippers. Uh, I'm taking off my got, fake glasses. Take off those fake glasses and and just slick the hair back a little bit, Daddy. Because the curls give me feels. It's giving me feels in my underlings. Oh. There you go, Andy. Put oh, on your oh, fake your glasses. underlings. Ew. Can we Did talk he say about his underlings? I thought he said underpants. I said underlings. I meant underpants, but I I said underlings. (laughs) Oh, man. This is Nick's episode. It's It's going to happen. Everybody watch him. For for real, Andy, why is The Last Dance so fucking good? Yeah, man. For real, this show. Yeah, man. I don't even like basketball. And I'm now, like, fascinated by Michael Jordan in this thing. I was sitting there, and I'm like, there's no way. There's no way they're actually going to talk about Space Jam. And then they, they fucking did. Was awesome. When we see him practicing in his own little thing, and he's inviting all the players over, and it's just like, I'm like, wait a minute. So they must be shooting in LA. That just means the players are all just coming to LA to practice oh, yeah. with Jordan. Oh, yeah. And every all the, all the all the green screen bodies <laughs> like trying to take the ball from him. <laughs> like it's so good when all the monsters are trying to take it from him. It's incredible. Wow. Like I the the quality just keeps getting ramped up. We saw a more emotional side from MJ that we haven't seen. Like, obviously, they talk Talk about me is is the kind of funny podcast is now uh, the last dance in review. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I didn't see this week's episodes. So I saw the thing where he ends the interview and gets up crying. Is that the end of the most recent episode? Pretty much, yeah. How yeah. did he get there? Why is he upset? Why is he crying? So, so like, it isn't even a thing where he cries because he's sad about his father's death. You would think you would see that. And this is about his father's death. No, he's crying because his teammates don't have what he has, how he just has this will. And this, like, I only, I treated my teammates a certain way because I only ever wanted the best out of them. Yeah. Cause I saw this. Yeah, part. Like, they, they might call me a tyrant or this might make yeah. me look like a tyrant. 
there's a whole there's a whole section of it where they're like he's they keep asking every everyone to basically rat out Michael Jordan as being like an Scott asshole. Turned. So and nobody ex- nobody goes as far as to explicitly say he was a fucking terrible asshole to work with, but they do such a great job at showing both sides where he leaves the team and the team has a great playoff run the first year. Then the, then the next year they just completely fall apart and everyone's like, Oh, it was so nice. Like we had this nice camaraderie and everyone, but, but they lost the driving force that was pushing them toward, toward winning championships, which sure. is Michael Jordan. And so I, I wish I could remember the quote, but he has this fucking unbelievable moment where he's like, nobody He's like, people may, he's like, nobody understands like my drive, right? I go, I, I have one thing in mind, which is champions and or the championship. And <laughs> which is just like us here. Kind of funny. Yeah, just exactly like us. Like us. But yeah. he talks that about, webby. he's basically like, he's like, you know, somebody has to be a driving force and it had to be me. And he goes, you guys don't understand. He goes, that's basically, that's what it means to be a champion. And that's what it means to be a leader. Basically, ostensibly alluding to the fact that in order to be a leader, Sometimes you have to not be like, sometimes you have to be the guy that's basically in people's faces and shit. Um, but there's moments where he take it, he took it too far. And I think that's where like, you could tell that he believes it. You could tell that he thinks he did everything he needed to do to win those championships, but it took a toll on him. And that's when, mm-hmm. when he gets up and walks away crying. That's, that's basically what he was like overwhelmed by the Dude, fact that everyone crying, is like, Dude, I was like, that this is incredibly me. emotional because <laughs> it, cause it's, it's so rare that you hear someone actually tell, like, show what they had to sacrifice to to reach that level of fame and that level of like notoriety and and like greatness. I mean, he's fuck. He was he's like a god tier athlete when it comes to basically to basketball, um, not so much baseball. Anyway. But, um, but yeah, but like it reminds me of watching like uh, the Steve Jobs movies. Did you guys watch uh, what was the one with uh, Fast the Silicon Ross? Valley? I never saw Pirates of Silicon Valley. Jobs. Silicon Valley was Jobs. Yeah, it's. I think. Uh, I think it's actually on uh, like Amazon Prime. I have a. Key, I like I think it. I had it queued up at one point. But uh, Jobs, same concept, right? Where he he just threw everything else by the wayside in order to like do the thing that he just inherently knew would 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 change the world. And like, it's so rare that you get to see a person and you and you interview them twenty years later and you're like, was it worth it? Was it worth having that like shit like they were like what he's asked this question a million times so like was it worth it to like to like sacrifice some of that nice guy image and he's like you guys fucking have no idea what it takes to get like that level of what we achieved because i guess like the 97 bulls were considered the best team like ever to well yeah they had, they had the best record of all time until the the warriors broke it three years ago fucking um, steph curry well, the year, that the, the year that the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, which is just like one of the oh, – what a great finals. LeBron James of <laughs> the final idiot. block. Anyway, anyway, so – but, Greg, there's a phenomenal moment where Mike Mike is off playing basketball – or uh, baseball, right? He leaves yeah. and he goes to go try – which, by the way, anybody who hasn't played baseball in 11 years, <laughs> if you can hit 200, that's fucking insane. Like, you are – you're still – Major league players are are hitting 200 nowadays. Like it's insane that he still was able to make that transition. Well, I like the part where the, like that. the guy that owned the Bulls, which is hilarious. He's like, "Yeah, I own the the Chicago Bulls and the the White Sox." And I was like, "Oh, you're fucking rich as hell." Yeah, but he was Wait, like, "I have." Yes, Go ahead. Uh, yes, Tim. 
so I have, I have three things I want to say. I have two yeah, comments yeah. and I have a question of clarification. Okay. We can stop talking okay. about sports after this, yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. It's this is it's very much about sports. One, I want to say, not being everyone that's watching this knows the story. I don't know the story at all. I just know Michael Jordan wins. So the twists I, and turns. Michael right Jordan's dad being murdered. murdered? Yeah. I was like, what? See, I, I didn't know he went missing, Tim. I didn't know it was a three-week-long thing. Oh, you guys missed it, man. And they started blaming it on Chicago, Michael. Like, Chicago ground to a halt when this happened. Shit's insane. Second thing, Andy, you summed up this show perfectly in your tweet where you said every episode of The Last Dance, quote, I told Mike, nice hair, psych. Then he grew a full head of hair immediately and scored 48 on me. Yeah. <laughs> that is every episode of this show. And you just nailed it. It's so satisfying. The last two three. episodes are all that, yeah. Number three is my question. So Jordan leaves to play basketball, baseball, right? Baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there's this whole thing. The Bulls are doing very well in their season or whatever. They're still very good, yeah. But then mid-season, Jordan gets to come back? The next year. No, the next year. Yeah. So it wasn't so the next year. They The next year. They, so I think in he left in 93. The 94 season, I think they did well. They got to playoffs. 95 is when they fell apart and he came back. He started working out with them and then basically like was like, I'm back. Well, they, they, the weren't, way- even, they weren't even falling apart. It was just like uh, that baseball work. baseball had their lockout. and Oh, that's right. And baseball had their lockout. And so he Jordan stopped showing up to the White Sox practices. And then he eventually Jordan ain't going to be no scab, bro. And, and, then no he, scab. and then he just like he was hanging out with BJ Armstrong one day. And BJ was like, hey, come to the gym. Armstrong. Come say hi. So he went to the gym to go say hi, and then he started putting up shots. And then he showed up again to the gym and started putting up shots. Then they started playing scrimmages, and the media was like, "Whoa, MJ showing up at these practices a lot. Is something happening here?" And and then he just put those two words, "I'm Great. back." Dude, Greg, are you like that fucking time. kidding me, dude? It's, it's kind of like that time when uh, when I used to show up to your house with Tim, and we we would uh, shoot your shows for for like pizza. Yeah, but I just kept showing up, and finally, we're like, we should just all start a company together. Who's Michael Jordan in this scenario? I think I am. I think it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting. Because you, yeah. you, you borrowed a camera from Fran. You borrowed a camera that looked on Instagram for 45 that's, minutes. Hey, that's like, what winners have to do, man. About I guess you just don't know. That, yeah. That's that's the winner's mentality. Well, I, I do love the great part where, you know, Michael leaves, and everybody is like, so, Scotty, how was everything when Michael left? And Scott, Scotty's like, it was great. <laughs> like, yeah, he became the focal point and they were winning all the time. And then all the players were like, it was great because there was no there, there was nobody mean around anymore. Scotty was that was the nice leader. And if you fucked up, he would put his arm around you and say, hey, get him next time. And everybody was happy. <laughs> like, it's great. And then Steve Kerr has a phenomenal line where you know, they get into the part where Steve Kerr gets punched in the eye from by Michael Jordan. And Steve Kerr is like, look, I talked a lot of shit. I was going to stand up for myself. I just couldn't always back it up. <laughs> like, yeah, so I love that part. He's like, I know I was going to stand up for myself. I just knew I couldn't back it up. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, awesome, it's, it's I, I especially like the part uh, in this where they, t- they tell the story of the guy that had a great game and put his arm around Michael as, as the game was leaving. He's like, hey, man, uh, good." he just said, good game to me, and put, my, put his arm around Some me. random dude. I, f- I already forget his name. Just some like no, horse, NBA horse, no horse name. Yeah. No. Horse had a great, no, no, yeah, no, no, horse, no. I, no. It was something like that. But it was someone on the, on the uh, fuck, I, I, all the teams are blue. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because he goes, he goes, that guy should, he's like, basically they beat him. And the guy came up to Michael after after the Bulls had lost. And he's like, he's like, put, a, put his arm around him. That said, great game, right? And they asked the guy, 
And then, of course, Michael pulled a, a, a Jordan where he's like, that's it. That's all he needed to hear. It's just fired up to me and just fucking destroyed them the next three games straight. Right. And then they ask him 20 years later. They're like, <laughs> they're like they asked the guy, they're like, did that really happen? And the guy's like, I never did that. And then they cut over to Michael now. And he goes, oh, I made that up. Yeah, I just told everybody he did that. To, like he would to just get, like, make up. He would he just would make up stuff. Piss himself <laughs> off. He would yeah. just make shit Dude. up so he could get fired up so he could dig deep and, and like win. And it's yeah, like so that's the, a yeah. level of psychosis that I don't know how you train into yourself. But I think this, we start right now. It was this random dude who was an early draft pick and he scored 37 on Jordan. And Jordan had a bad game. And yeah, so so that story is that he said great game or whatever. And Michael's <laughs> pissed off. He's like, it's fucking disrespectful. Tell me great game. Who do you think I am? And he's like, I'm going to put up the same amount in that whole game yeah. in the first half. And he scored 38 in the first half against Jeez. him. Ended with 48 points. And then, yeah, they're like, yeah, because I, I made that shit up. My favorite part is, what, is, like I think it was like two episodes ago, where they go to play for the Dream Team. Which, by the way, how the fuck did we allow the Dream Team to happen? Uh, wasn't we're the American, Olympics, we wanted to win. Wasn't the Olympics supposed to be non-professional players? Yeah, though? well, we changed that so we could send the Dream Team over there. Well, Michael had won already four years prior to that. Yeah. Like Michael was on that team before he was really MJ. Like he was still on that team. So that's why they talk about MJ didn't want to be a part of this one because he's like, it's extra playing. And right. I've already I already have an Olympic medal. Like I don't I need like, another one. I like the first game where they were like, We're playing against Tony uh Q, how do you say Coach. his like Coach. Coach. And Tony was like, and Jerry made a big deal of Tony coming and like being the next Michael Jordan. And then Tony, of course, was like, Hey, they're having a civil war in my country, so I'm gonna stay here for two more years and like be with my family. Like the night they're like the he like literally was like I'm going to play basketball in my home country instead of going to the NBA because I need to be near my family, which is like the coolest thing anyone's ever fucking done. What does Michael Jordan and <laughs> the Dream Team do? I want to fucking destroy them. Fucking destroy him. <laughs> and he goes, they literally cut to Tony, and he's like, I don't know why. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> I think it's. I think he's so like, good. I didn't do anything to him. I think it's so much more adorable it's because it's so like deep. it's that it's that Croatian accent. Yeah. You know, he's like, I don't know why they were so mad at me. Greg, did you did you see that newspaper? Like, was it the Chicago Tribune or whatever? That just the full the front page, all it said was in two in giant bold letters, "I'm back." Oh yeah, Nick. Oh yeah, was, the return of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I forget if it was the trip of the Sun Times, but yeah, I think it was Sun Times because Sun Times is the one that came in the magazine format. But yeah, so, that was yeah, so cool. Right, I, I mean, they set that up too in the documentary where they're talking. The, the they had the PR guy or whatever. He's yeah. just like, I was writing like I didn't know what to say, and so I just asked him, and all he said was, "I'm back." And it's like, holy shit! And the way it cut to showing that newspaper and all God that it was just damn, like, th- th- there was that moment. It was maybe like a five minute stretch in the documentary so far around that. That just he, he's been a god this this entire show, but like I feel really, it's just like he really has just completely molded to being perfect like this is where we get the shot of the jordan tens the shoes that we see the bottom of the shoe and on uh, the it's got the all bottom, the fucking things all done. of his accomplishments and it's just like is there a so cool, cool fucking thing you can yeah. do and when, oh. when, when pippin was like he flipped the shoe up pointed at it said come back come back <laughs> and, so and he, cool. he talks about it and he goes scotty put that thing up i saw it he's like he sees everything watches every game that's so awesome dude. i thought about youtube <laughs> during that one episode where he was like you know it was the gonna be maybe his last time playing at madison square garden so oh he wore God. the old school jordan ones and he oh. goes 
Yeah. And he gets to the he gets to the end of the game and he's like, these are the most uncomfortable shoe ever. My, like, my foot's bleeding. bleeding. Can I put yeah. a 51 points? <laughs> 51 points. Oh, oh my so god. That was so so epic. And there's nothing more epic than Madison Square Garden. Like that is no. so everything about that is just it's poetry, man. I mean the that music awesome. that the music that accompanies all this stuff, it's all phenomenal. But this is the kind of funny podcast each and every week <laughs> for sometime five. Something. Keep going. Keep going. Best friends oh, gather around this table, each is. talking about whatever they want to talk about in their lives. My name is Andy, the host. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing it, kid. You're killing it. Keep going. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. What if they I'm want no, ad free? I'm no MJ. You could get uh you could be a gold member on patreon.com slash kind of funny. And where you can watch it live with us right now. Or if you're a, what are you? What do you have to be in kind of funny games? You just need to be silver to watch no, live. You need to be gold on, yeah, you need gold on one of the, the on games to watch. It's fine. Just, just got it. Fine. Silver Patreon everywhere. Generalize. Just generalize. Patreon.com slash kind of funny. Just go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, everybody. Give us your Twitch Prime subscription on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Yeah. Podcast services, Rooster Teeth, don't forget. Around post show. the globe. There's a post show, patreon.com slash. There's a post show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny. And also, Nick made a short film for KFAF tomorrow. Ooh. And I really hope you watch it. Very oh excited for it. That's yeah. exciting. Uh, Andy, do you want to talk about Patreon producers? Assets? Patreon well, producers. Yeah, we got three Patreon producers. Take a shot in the dark. Can you get them? Can you get them? Uh, I'll, I'll, I guess. I'll the Predator I'll Tribesman. Then. That's right. Momo. That's right. Yeah. Mohammed Mohammed. Yeah. And Justin Garnier Grotesque. Wrong, wrong. Gar- Garnier Fruities. Both of you are wrong, and it wasn't a pronunciation I was going to get you on. <laughs> um, you see, it said Justin Tom already. I'm going to say, shit. Um, Not um, white, but. Out, out. <laughs> tribes. Already tribes. tribes. Not Blackjack white. Black Blackjack or Zach. Good job, yeah, Andy. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Muhammad, go Jared, Momo, uh, the Predator, Owl Tribesman, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Uh, Tim sent something to assets. Well, here's my question actually before I throw that up, I guess. I haven't been watching the documentary, but because I lived it, much like Pee Wee Herman in his big adventure. Um, did have they gotten in the documentary to the part where he goes back from being 45 to 23? Yeah, yes. God, that was a crazy moment. Where he's yes, just like, Fuck it, find me. I don't give a shit. Well, because <laughs> so he had the, well, because he had the bad game as 45, yep. and then BJ Armstrong, who was playing for the Suns, I think. I don't know who they were playing against. If they were playing against somebody else in the Eastern Conference in the playoffs. And BJ was like, look, I played for them. I won three rings with them. I know how to beat the Bulls. And he had a phenomenal game. And then they were like, you know what? 45 is no 23. And he just switched it to 23. I was like, fuck it. Like, You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't give it. And I love, I love when they cut to Horace Grant. And Horace, Horace Grant is like, and then they said 45 is no 23. And we all went, oh, why would you give him the fuel? every episode 20 minutes every 20 minutes they'll say and then they said this to him and then we fucking lost like, <laughs> but like this so good. this is how fucking crazy that time period was like talking about the era that when when he did space jam so they talk great they talk about on this news episode where he was con he decided to do space jam but he when he came back that first season mid-season he was not very good because his body was in baseball totally, shape. yeah you're building a different shape yeah totally he was like and he talks about the intricacies of it a little bit where he's like you know for basketball like baseball is a little bit more like legs and, and a little bit more like core but with with basketball he's like you got to focus more on shoulders and all this stuff and i never really put two and two together that they would tailor workouts for different types of sports i just thought dude you're in shape you're in shape um, you think everybody just rolls. That's how they get in shape. I mean, I, they just, yeah, exactly. They just stay on your back, take your shoe off, Andy. Wait, this this <laughs> um, is what confused me. Wait, didn't you just say he came back mid-season? 
He came back. Yeah, he came back like midseason in '95. Came back midseason. So okay, so he he left for one full year, right? Mm-hmm. Then the Bulls started the next year, and then he came back midseason for that year. That's what I'm saying. How is that okay? How can because, you just play with the team? Because he's still under just... contract. Because they're still paying. It. Yeah, he's they, he just because he retired, it. you still okay. get like that paid that guaranteed money. Or also, whatever. Yeah. Was Michael Jordan. Okay, they're like, like we'll fucking trade bullshit. everyone for Michael Jordan. If you could just be like halfway through the season, be like, oh no, we're gonna bring in this new guy now. Yeah, I think, I think it's the only they, time you can't they do still that have playoff, the rights right? to the player. They still have the rights to him. Got it. And that so makes... just just like what recently happened, uh, Rob Gronkowski, who retired as a Patriots player a year ago, and then Tom Brady is going to the Bucks. The Patriots still have the rights to Gronkowski, so they sold the rights to the Bucks, and now he's back with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Yeah, but no one in their right mind is going to sell the rights to Jordan. It's just not going to happen. When I guess not. You, like, I guess not. Like, really, rights. It's more of like he's still like contracted. I guess as a Bulls yeah. player. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't would, mean like I, Nike. I don't, I'm not talking like no, that. no, 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 no. But I mean, if you have sort of an option or something like that to come back, I'm sure when he left, they were like, we will extend an option for your contract for however for fucking 30 years if you want. Just come back one day. I'm shocked they went into all the gambling it. stuff. I, I was not because again, this is something that Michael Jordan sort of oversaw and had ultimate uh the final decision on to to cut anything and they like when they first started talking about him retiring i went ah they're not going to talk about the the gambling stuff yeah the conspiracies about like oh he really retired because he was going to be suspended and he thought i'd rather just go do something else or whatever but no they like it's it's funny if you think about it on one level you're like oh that totally makes sense until you until you realize that you start peeling it back and you realize that the foundation of that conspiracy was completely unfounded, right? That was just speculation on the part of news people or the newspapers saying, oh, his dad was probably murdered because of a debt that he owed or something like that. And everyone's like, no, that's not – like the police that, that, that found the two kids that murdered him were like, that's not their motivation at all. They were just random. This was like a crime of opportunity. And so like – all that happens, then all of a sudden he t- decides, like, what's more believable? He has to retire because he's put on a mysterious 18-month suspension by his team who would not, who didn't publicize it because he owed a gambling debt and someone fucking got murdered. Or the guy that just took your team to three championships back to back to back and then lost his father, who was the inspiration of everything he had done. And, like, maybe he just needs a break maybe for a year. Like, maybe he just needed a year off. Like, that's probably yeah. more – that's more believable. To me, at least. And that was like, how that's that part with the Father's Day shit, too. I was like, oh, my God, this couldn't be where they just have those. There's just a moment where he wins the championship, Greg. Oh, I remember it. He's just. He runs in with it and cries. He he jumps, drops on the ground. Yeah. Ground crying. Yeah, Yeah, I remember. Like sobbing. To the point where I was like, I'm uncomfortable by the fact that someone's filming this. If I were in that locker room, I'd be like, you guys need to get the fuck out of here. That's like, like one of the all time, like most famous sports photos is him clutching the ball. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And again, I mean, that was the thing of, I mean, when that happened and his dad went missing and it was every night on the news, you know, I remember it was like destination viewing to figure out if anything, anybody knew anything. And as that slowly started to get revealed and like him talking at the bar and these two morons following as Jesus Christ. And then, yeah, for the game to happen on father's day, I remember that really, really well, really vividly. It was crazy. It's crazy. I mean, how many episodes? Two more episodes left. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Two um, more. I, this. I don't understand how. So, like, I've been watching obviously a lot of documentaries on Netflix, and I think Netflix has some good ones and some not so good ones. The, the, my big criticism with Netflix right now is that they keep making documentary series 
when it should just be a documentary movie. And I know that I'm in the minority when it comes to Tiger King, because I know everyone's <laughs> like, more Tiger King, the better. But for me, I was like, I don't think these characters are that fascinating or their stories that fascinating to warrant like nine hours of watching the dude with the tattoos on his chest talk without teeth. Oh, but like, <laughs> but like when you watch an ESPN, I don't know who the fuck like is producing these documentaries over at ESPN, but like this one and the OJ Simpson one were so, are they so good? I'm like, this could just be an ongoing series forever. Like I would watch, just do another one. Cause this is the other thing too. Is you watch, you guys watch the one about the Pistons? Oh, yeah, the bad boy Pistons. The 30 for yeah. 30? Yeah, the 30 for 30. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't watch it. Uh... Unbelievable. Another you gotta watch that one too, Andy, because it fills in the gaps of the that three year span where they were like warring with Rodman the was there and everything. Yeah. It was so good. And how they talked, it talks, it like goes from Isaiah Thomas's perspective. And he's like, dude, we just we couldn't beat the Bulls. So we had to figure out the only way we could beat them was to like basically beat them up. Yeah. And they're like, and they're like, Are you cool with it? And he's like, eh. Well, here, here's what, <laughs> I mean, what they what they've been hyping up with this with the recent uh like during the commercials of this Jordan documentary. Uh, are the new they're doing a two part series on Conseco and Maguire? Oh, um, bash and, bros. Then and then they're doing an episode on Lance Armstrong and the whole steroid stuff. So oh, I saw like, that one. That one I, yeah. I want to see, yeah, because that's that's another such an interesting and complex story, right? I mean, they're, guy who, I mean, they're 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 desperate for content right now. And they will go to any avenue <laughs> to find well, it. Well, I mean, know. desperation breeds some sort of weird, crazy excellence because I don't – You're like the thing that that that's crazy to me about this documentary, and I think you hit it right on the head, Andy, was that like it doesn't seem like they're pulling any punches. And they're, they're sitting there in – like I mean like the, the moments where they hand Michael Jordan the iPad and he, they just let him hear the other guys talking shit that. about so him good. and he's just like whatever. Like – it's so it's so inspired and such a fun like you the really Ga feel the like Gary you're, you're... Payton meme like they like these these there are th these evergreen memes coming from here where Gary Payton Greg is like look like yeah he stomped us in the first game or whatever but we figured out how to stop him we figured out what to do and I wish we would have figured it out earlier I'm not saying the outcome would have been the same but it's likely that I don't know maybe would have had a better chance against the Bulls and Michael's watching the on his tablet he's just like, <laughs> yeah, he just, he just laughing. Says laughing and he's like the glove and he's like i had no problem with gary payton <laughs> <And he's> like, <laughs> so good. Like, i was going through other stuff like it wasn't it, you know it was the whole father my father's yeah, day my and dad, all this stuff and it wasn't gary payton trust me but like <laughs> i don't know about that because gary payton did a decent job on him you never know michael that's that's the whole that's the whole part yeah. of it right but but uh so ken burns had some criticism about it Fuck um, off, Ken Burns. What are you doing? Well, I'm still sure moving slowly. Jesus, everybody's just getting mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get him. Everybody in the car. <laughs> uh, so Ken Burns' criticism was that the fact that Michael has any say-so at all, whether or not you say that Michael's approving everything and saying put whatever you want, that there's still, like, what about... Uh, what, I wonder if there have been questions that they were afraid to even ask Michael about because it's... You don't want to piss him off, you know, like maybe. But I mean, that 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 is the same for any documentary. Like, it's very difficult to to make a documentary that's 100 percent objective. But like, sure, having having the basically your interview subject be have final say on what goes in and, and doesn't go in is, is a little difficult. But like, it doesn't appear to me that they pulled any punches and it doesn't it doesn't seem like like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but are there any subjects they tapped on that doesn't seem like they're. Like he didn't allow them to do it. 
They didn't talk about. Like, they didn't talk about his first marriage, which. Oh yeah, they haven't talked about any marriage stuff. So maybe he did pull that stuff. But I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily relevant to the story of that that the run for the Bulls. Like his yeah. father, his father was a direct result. Like his father was a direct influence on his game. I don't know if necessarily diving that far into his personal life was necessary. Um, but I I feel like. I feel like they do a fairly good enough job at being objective because they have the other people there and that aren't that are literally like contradicting some of the things that he's saying. I think that's that's probably good. But I mean, I guess for Ken Burns, like I've only watched a handful of Ken Burns documentaries. And obviously, the guy's a fucking unbelievable documentarian. But uh, this one's got me. I'm sorry. Sorry, Ken. Your 18 part series on Vietnam was fucking phenomenal. But did you win a championship game after that? (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point, bro. Come on. Come on, bro. You got an I don't know if these documentarians won a championship. (laughs) (laughs) You don't don't get a ring. (laughs) Don't win an SB. Don't win an SB for a great, great. (laughs) Yeah. This will definitely win awards. Absolutely. I'm, I'm fascinated to see the Lance Armstrong documentary, though. I want to see how much they go into that because he's talked. Well, I heard him uh, on Rogan's podcast, and I'm sure he's talked on other podcasts a little bit openly about the steroid use and all that stuff. But his perspective on it's so crazy where he's just but like, he, every he fucking so, one doing this. But he was so vigilant and so aggressive. Yeah. yeah going, going after these people that were telling the truth and him making up shit about them. And like he went through, he would have done anything to clear his name. It's it's that that's what I want to see. That I mean, that's that's what I'm fascinated to see. Like, because I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I do know that when the, the reporters were chasing after him, he was like suing them and basically doing every single thing he could to shut them down. And it's just like, it's just so sad when you when you when you see other people talking about it. And he was like, I forget who it was, but I think there was a cyclist that did a documentary about um, about that. And he had he had done or maybe he was in one of the documentaries. He, he had he had uh, done the sport alongside of Lance Armstrong, but he was at a much, much lower level. But he was like everyone was doing steroids. at that. Everyone's doing steroids. Everyone's doping in, in cycling. And he's like, if anyone tells you they're not, they're just they're fucking lying about it because you have to do that to compete at any level of any professional sport. It's kind of crazy. Greg, did you see uh, the preview or the first episode of The Last Ride, the Undertaker documentary? No, I heard a lot about this. This is on WWE Network, right? Yeah, just it's the episodic. first episode. It's episodic. The first episode came out on Sunday. And is I it his watch. entire career or is it just the last? It's like, it's focusing on. And I they mean, picked I Last watch. Ride after The Last Dance. Like, fuck, this thing's successful. Name it that. <laughs> well, because <laughs> well, his, his move. I know his ride. move. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, two stone pile driver. What okay. Yeah, well, one of the moves. But uh, he, uh, they, they announced this a long time ago. But it's focused. I only watched the first 20 minutes so far. But um, even in the trailer, it is insane of what they're going into. And like, you see so much footage I've never seen before of him, like, really? post matches where it's like bones are outside of his body and like they're what? like fixing shit like it's real oh. gnarly shit and it's kind of like the realities of wwe that's awesome and uh it's going over um like the, at least the bits i were, was watching is like going over his career the last like 10 years where he's just like i want to go out the right way like my legacy is so important to this business and to me and to what wrestling is but i don't want to go out incorrectly and every single time, I want it to be the last time. And I just keep coming back and I keep getting in this cycle where it's like, this is going to be the last one. This is going to be the last one. And he's like, and now here I am. It's just like, I had a couple bad ones. He's, and then he's just like talking. He's like, he's like, things were real bad. And they go into it. They're talking about the streak in a way I've never seen where they're like, 
it was it was going to be it, Randy Orton, the legend killer, WrestleMania 21 was going to have it, and Randy didn't want to do it. Edge was going to have it. Edge didn't want to do it. And he didn't want to take it from Undertaker. Yeah, <clears throat> and so like it's not worth it. We're not that. We're not there. It's not worth the streak. And uh, eventually, Lesnar took it. But it's just crazy, like seeing him because uh, he's an old ass man, and, and and it's rare to see Undertaker speak. Yeah, and because yeah. it's it. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's not Undertaker speaking. It's very much Mark. It's Mark. Mark Calloway, the, the guy who is the plays the Undertaker, but like Undertaker's down here, and Mark Calloway is just a normal dude. And like I remember the first time I ever saw him talk, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's been I real, mean, real cool so far. I have uh, so beyond all the, the episodes map. are up. I just based oh, on this conversation, I just no, I'm asking. That was a question. No, no I just no. I, think I just weird. re-upped. Uh, jump uh, this and so i'm looking at we sold another one tim we got another one dude <laughs> yeah um <laughs> are you are you selling wwe network too yeah, andy? we have stock we have stock oh shit bro. andy comes back oh, at right. wwe network shirt he's like hello <laughs> i see what you're talking about sorry yeah, so... man comes in off camera good job mr cortez <laughs> yeah that's how it was on. uh yeah i see you're right sorry episode one but then it's got the chapters beneath it that i thought were so diverse down here that it was that the end of it or it was multiple episodes but it's just the chapters got it if i remember correctly it was eight eight episodes and they're each an hour okay that sounds right. awesome yeah um is can i ask you guys a question another about a different documentary wrestling please beyond sure. the mat oh, I I remember beyond the big time. oh yeah i mean i haven't seen it in years it's on Netflix, i think or the it's DVD on drawer over yeah. there yeah i mean it's like outdated obviously everything this is if you remember what got us not in trouble but got us uh, chastised by The Rock. Remember when we talked about The Rock the one time when we talked about how, like, the first time we ever talked on, I think it was Game Over Reggae Show. Oh, about right. How much we loved The Rock. And I was like, yeah, and it's awesome how great he is now. And he really seems like he's learned because remember him beyond the mat, like, he beat the shit out of Mick Foley with a chair. And then, like, there's a whole plot line, plot line, like reality or whatever of Mick having to go find The Rock and The Rock never coming to find Mick. And I, I told that story. And then The Rock actually listened to that podcast and did that long tweet thread to us of like, Love the love, brothers, and thanks for this. Like, but Greg, I definitely checked on Mick. I definitely would have gone. And like, that's always been when when we finally get our moment with The Rock, I want to talk to him about that. Of like, why it was shot that way to make it look like and edited that way, I guess, to make it not, not look like it. But yeah, it's a great documentation of Mick Foley and like uh, his feud with The Rock. Then there's the Jake the Snake thing, which is terrifying and horrible. But he's in a different place now than he was then. When I think he does meth in it and a whole bunch, maybe even heroin or something. But like. This is me remembering a documentary I haven't watched in years now. And you know what I love about The Rock? Well. What's that? The pecs? I, I, yeah, the pectorals. Yeah. Go on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I love that. I don't know why I expected him to just be past wrestling and just, you know, I'm done with that. I don't care anymore about it. I don't know why I expected that to be sort of a natural Thing in his like he was just where, not even acknowledged anymore. He was just where, being, yeah. Where now he's he's a movie star, and like ah, that's what I did back then or whatever. But like I love that he is still. You could tell that there's still passion for oh sure the sport. for the entertainment aspect of it, and for yeah for uh, for the sport. And he's I saw him recently talk about like yeah I've seen I've seen some matches on NXT before, and I, I just love that he 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 isn't above it. You know, sure. you yeah. like you got you have to imagine like he loved it for so long and that was his goal for so long it was similar to like jordan right when they when they catch jordan watching basketball when he's playing baseball Love and vice that. versa what a great just like, shot yeah he's just like watching the game and you like you, you can't walk away from that and like like i don't i don't want to put words in the rock's mouth because we've only been friends for a couple of years now yeah. but um <laughs> but like there's gotta be there's gotta be a feeling when your movie launches right 
Yeah. And then there's got to be a feeling when you're performing in front of like 50,000 people and the in an arena pops. and you fucking jump off of like yeah. a 40 foot ladder and land on someone. And well, like, that's not, you know what I mean? Like you can't forget that feeling. Well, no, that's wait, the, no way. I mean, feeling of like having seen the rock wrestle so many times. Right. And then see his obviously crazy ass movie career, entertainment <laughs> career, tequila career now, uh, everything else but then to go to that first smackdown in la before everything went to hell and uh when it debuted on fox or whatever you know uh, last year and the pop and the like for him to come out and go into the ring and go uh you know post to post doing his pose or whatever like even in that moment you're like this is such a different feeling than, you, than having somebody cheer for you at the oscars or cheer for yeah. you at a red carpet or whatever absolutely and like the thing that's crazy for me is like i'm a very late adopter when it comes to WWE because like i watched it i didn't watch it in the 90s when everyone else did like i watched it when my brother was watching it in the early 2000s and uh the rock was a part of it until he wasn't because he left for the um the movie stuff right but it's yeah. like once we were watching like he was already on the way out he was only doing like one match a year or whatever and it wasn't until like almost a decade later when um ign sent me to wrestlemania to cover the the wwe game at that point whatever and it randomly worked out that the first wrestling event i've ever been to was wrestlemania 28 where it was um the rock versus john cena and that was like it was the rock's return to wwe like period like his first real match and stuff and uh 10 years prior at i think it was wrestlemania 18 or 19 uh, when it was Hogan versus The Rock, oh, it was very yeah. much a uh, passing of the torch of like, you know, I, I define this generation, you define this next one, this is yours. And God, what an amazing match. And we don't need to talk about that. We get it. We definitely could. Holy shit. But when it gets to, Wait, to this match, now I want to know everything about this match. It was, I mean, it was the Rock and Hogan going back and forth, doing all their stupid over-the-top moves that are so silly, like the people's elbow and the leg drop and all this shit. Right. And Hogan is losing. Like, it's the end of it. And, like, he, like, loses and the Rock wins or whatever. And Hogan, like, stands up, looks him in the eye, and just puts his hand out for the handshake. And the Rock shakes his hand. And it was just, like, I just got chills right now. It's no, beautiful, man. Good, it's good, it's just so, so good. Um, but then, then I'm dropping it in the thing for you. Just jump to the 30 minute, 46 second mark on the video I'm putting here in the yeah. Discord. Oh, what a beautiful freaking moment, man. Dude, um, like, I remember, like, yeah, obviously, I was super into wrestling. WrestleMania 18 is what, 2001, right? No, no, 2002, because I was at Mizzou and I was already going, but I don't think I was living in the Antler house yet. I came over to what would become my house to watch it with Hayes. And I remember, dude, like fucking being in the, like just watching this and like knowing you were about to watch something historic, like you were about to see. Yeah, exactly. You're going to see it. But like, even in the beginning when they just come face to face and they both do the alternating looks to other sides of the crowd, you know what I mean? The place is fucking going crazy. They stand in the ring for like five minutes without saying anything. And it, the crowd just gets louder and louder and louder. Like they just couldn't contain the hype. Dude, this is hype as hell, man. <laughs> yeah. are, we, are we supposed to be seeing it right now? It's like a 27 no. minute. Right, because... Oh, you just asked to pull it oh, up. I, I, I sent it. Yeah, yeah, I sent it to Slack for Andy got and Nick, it, who it, don't it. know exactly what we're talking yeah. about frame for frame. <laughs> no, no, but what's crazy, though, is then, you know, almost a decade later, when I got to see this WrestleMania match, and it was Cena versus The Rock, it was very much the same thing. It's It was The Rock passing it to the next generation, and it was, you know, kind of rock hogan too in a lot of ways yeah, yeah. it's just like this is the next passing of the torch to john cena who we all understand like he is 
a rock level of wrestling superstar, 16-time champion, whatever the hell, but also more than wrestling. Like, John Cena is a Hollywood character as well. Yeah, sure. And I'll never fucking forget being there. We were in Miami, which The Rock has so many ties to, and it was the last match of the night, obviously, the main event. And The Rock wins. That place lost their fucking minds because no one there was no chance that john cena was going to lose to the rock why would they do that you know what i mean like why would they do that it was so important they did it was so freaking beautiful then the next day they signed a rematch for the following year's wrestlemania and then john cena won but (laughs) man i just i just love that so much and like but that's that's the rock you know he knows what's up how fucking tall is hulk hogan he's so big you met him remember I don't remember. Like I, everyone's like just six, tall. Six one, six like two. Andy, Andy will appreciate this. When you meet tall people, you're all the fucking same. Everybody's you're tall. over six. Yeah, you're all tall. Tall. Everybody's tall. tall. So Tim, you said you started getting into wrestling in the early 2000s or when? The the first, like, what's your first memory of wrestling? My first pay per view I ever watched, like live when it was happening, yeah. was WrestleMania 20. So it was way late. Okay, gotcha. And it was who just were, my brother. Who were the marquee wrestlers at that time? It was the triple threat match that was John. I'm sorry. Um, Triple H, Chris Benoit, and um, Shawn Michaels. I don't know why. I, Jesus. Okay. That's not that. Okay. Which is one of the greatest matches of all time. Yeah. So I, I lucked out that it was like a good, <laughs> good gotcha. time. Because I, I, I don't, don't know why. When I, too. what, like, uh, just. I lose track of time so easily with what is like what is early. And when when I think of Tim getting in late, I think that he's getting in like not when Chris Benoit was alive for sure. <laughs> like <laughs> like that, it's crazy to me that he was still alive at that time. Like I don't know why I don't see that as super late. Cause I like well, I, was I was like post attitude era. It was got PG it. Okay. shit. Yeah. Because I got in before a little bit before Attitude Era when it was still neon colored Sting and WCW, uh, and um, W. It was always like, what are you going to watch, Nitro or Raw? Are you going to watch WCW Nitro on Monday nights? Or are you going to watch Raw or whatever? And that was always like the big. Well, we're going to watch both, of course. Uh, and so <laughs> I, I, I never, I never fully understood like our the allegiances and are they one company? Are they? combating it was always just sort of like it was just two wrestling shows for me but i didn't i always was confused when certain wrestlers wouldn't show up in the other show like i didn't understand they were two totally different it was like the nfl and the nba like why would they mix up you know yeah and then they did and then Invasion. they fucking did fucking yeah insane. the yeah. ecw got in the mix come on you fucking like, kidding me i think like i think like the earliest days i remember were like neon sting and ultimate warrior um so 80s yeah yeah, like well, no, like early '90s, because I, I like Ultimate like, Warrior was was still doing early '90s. So, because I remember being no, he, no, no, he was doing early '90s as well. That totally counts. Yeah, yeah, I think like '94 was maybe when I started. Because I remember in kindergarten talking to other classmates and maybe like first grade talking to other. I classmates would love to have about... met uh, uh, kindergarten Andy. <laughs> if I could go back in time right now, and if, if, if you want some candy, meet at kindergarten, <laughs> kindergarten Andy. You know. <laughs> Did, tying, tying this back a little bit to the, the Jordan doc and the Undertaker doc, like, sure. you know, Jordan just kind of being greatest of all time. And every time he has an accomplishment, it, you know, it's just like, no shit, he's going to do this. And then that 45 to 23 thing, the I'm back, all of that. So much of that is similar to the Undertaker of just like he had this streak at WrestleMania. Like he is beyond what wrestling is and all this shit. And when I first started watching, like it was leading into 20. So it was like a couple, like six months before maybe. And it was the run where Undertaker was the American badass. 
So he was out there talking shit and whatever. He wasn't this like ethereal creature thing, right? And uh, at Survivor Series, it's when he, when it was him versus Kane, brother versus brother, God, in a buried so alive good. match. And he got buried. Like, Kane buried him. And my brother was so, like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. dude. Like, he believed it, you know, <laughs> like, for all yeah. intents and purposes. And um, then at WrestleMania, The Undertaker came back as The Undertaker. And that felt like the I'm back. Like, and they built it up that way. Totally. Like, with 20-whatever druids out there, like doing the choir shit and like oh my god paul bearer and all that like it was just such oh, great, the yeah. Undertaker. <laughs> and it was just him versus kane it was like oh my god god it's so good dude, dude like, like I, it's funny because you you know you're talking about american badass version of taker or whatever and american badass version of taker before we knew it was going to be american badass version of taker is literally the wb montreal batman game where every pay-per-view you'd be like it's happening. Undertaker's coming back. Undertaker's coming back this time. This pay-per-view, Undertaker's coming back. And then he wouldn't come back. And you'd be like, what the fuck are they doing? And they did it long enough that I remember us all being so mentally beaten down <laughs> that when it finally happened at that, I don't remember what pay-per-view it was, though. But it went to the girls and like, he's here. And it was like, I remember until I fucking saw him, I'm like, this isn't the Undertaker. I'm like, I refuse, this is not the Undertaker. The Undertaker's <laughs> coming, out, coming out right now. And he fucking <laughs> Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Nick, let me tell you about one of my favorite matches of all time. All right. Okay. It's, it's Rick Flair's final match. All right. Oh, this is this is where he's about to go out. Was it WrestleMania 27? 27. Uh in Miami, right? No. Somewhere in Florida. I thought it was in Florida. Maybe not. I think it was Orlando. Orlando. Okay. So it's an outdoor arena. It's Ric Flair's like final match, right? And he's going against Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid from San Antonio, Texas. And by this point, Shawn Michaels is very old. Uh, he's no longer the heartbreak kid. They're still calling him. He's a heartbreak he's, man now. Yeah, he's like 44 <laughs> at this point or whatever. Um, and it, it's it's a grueling fight, and Ric Flair is old, and he's basically Mickey Rourke starring uh, Portillo, right? Like, this guy is a broken-down <laughs> piece of meat. And at the very, very Ooh. end, they've been fighting for what seems like an eternity. And then at the very, very end of it... Uh, 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 Sean Michaels is about to do the fucking sweet chin music finisher move. And uh, Ric Flair looks at Sean Michaels and Ric Flair kind of go like he knows this is the end. He knows that this is his career is about to end right here. And he looks at Sean Michaels and he just does this sort of thing. And He's Shawn like, Michaels, they, they zoom in on Sean Michaels and he goes, I'm sorry. I love you. Boom, sweet chin music, dude. Ends it at oh my god, I was like in tears, man. Like so fucking that is one it's, of the most so epic, powerful. It is one of the most epic moments ever, dude. God damn. I watched that at Caesar and CP's house. Greg, that's how I'd like when you and I finally one day, I'm assuming 45, 50 years from now, when we do our final podcast. That's how I'd like it to be between us. I'm sorry. Where I just look at you, I go, I'm sorry, and then I just kick you right in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, one of the, one of the funniest things about that match though, and it was the moment it's the moment that leads into that is that Ric Flair a wrestler that we all fucking know. Been doing this thing for decades upon decades. The limousine riding, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, jet flying, son of a gun. You got to love it. And he has his moves, right? He has the, the figure four. He has all these things that are just iconic to him. But one of the things that was most iconic to him was the flare flop. 
where he'd get hit and he would just oversell and just kind of like flop around. And that was always hilarious. But he would every match try to get to the top rope to do a big move and always get pulled down and then flop around. He never did the move. He never made it to the top rope until his final match. And he gets up there and it's kind of like the dog chasing his tail. It's like, what's he going to do? What's he get? Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I kind of forgot that. He makes it to the top and doesn't do shit. He fucking comes down. Everyone's like, what the fuck? And that's when he gets switching music. It's so good. It's so good. Such good stories, Ollie, man. Wrestling, man. Did you see the Becky Lynch stuff yesterday? Beautiful. You see, did everybody else see this? I didn't no, see it. No, but I'm. Like, he mentioned now she's pregnant in the ring, and so like she was there with like her rival or whatever, and was just like, you know, it's a giant empty arena. This would have played better with people personally. Way better. But basically, like you be a warrior, I'm gonna go be a mother, and like that's how she announced it. Oh, and, like, that's true. Like, and then she has like this like fucking epic like bittersweet sad moment of like leaving the ring for the final time. Speaking wow. of uh, sporting events without crowds, did you, yeah, did you guys catch any of the UFC event last weekend? I None. didn't know. Yeah, it was good. Great fights. I it heard was it was like top to bottom, like one of the best. Like even Un- the undercards and everything were phenomenal. I, yeah, I didn't watch any of the prelims, but I watched. I, the only fight I missed was the Pettis fight, which is the very first one. But the rest of the fights were fucking unbelievably good. But it was so weird to watch them fight with not with no crowd around them, especially when they do like post show stuff. Where like Henry Cejudo announces that he's retiring, and everyone's like, "Well, okay." Like no one's cheering for him at all. <laughs> oh uh, man, he's not retiring. I think it's just a money play. But, um, but what was crazy about it is you're like you're hearing the announcers. Obviously, they're pipe, they're piping in like Joe Rogan and uh, Daniel Cormier who are talking, and they're you know it's Daniel Cormier who is a fighter and and has been a two time <laughs> champion and is known for being a little sillier on the mic, and then you got Joe Rogan, and they're just like they're talking, and at one point he goes, "They're." They're they're getting excited because they're watching this fight happen, and, and they're t- I think it was the Dominic Cruz fight. He's like he's got to start doing he's really got to start checking those leg or, or kicks or it's or it's it's done for him. And then he goes, oh, we should, we should be more quiet. He can probably hear us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Basically coaching, yeah. <laughs> literally sitting there and like it's it's weird because for the first time ever, every once in a while, you know, when you're watching like you're watching these events, you'll hear a coach or a corner man like say something. You're like, what do you say? What do you say? Clear as day. The corner people. It might be, it's like you're in the room with him. At one point, like the Tony Ferguson fight, it was Tony Ferguson uh, versus uh, Justin Gagey. And he goes, literally, he's uh, Justin Gagey's corner, because Justin Gagey comes out, it's five rounds championship, or interim championship. And Gagey comes out, and he's throwing fucking bombs for like two rounds straight. And at the end of the second round, his coach is like, hey, you got to back off those, man. You got to just take some of that, like take down 10%. You're you're just, you're swinging for the fucking fence every time you're going to burn out. And Justin's like, okay. And I'm like, that's, it's so weird to be able to hear them give the exact like coaching advice that like, you know, normally you pick up a little bit. Yeah. Of that's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. And they cut over to Tony Ferguson and, and his, one of his coaches is like, I don't know, man, try an Iminari role or something. Just like try, maybe just like try a role. <laughs> Cause he's getting his face back. <laughs> Listen, I have no advice for you. Just fucking do something. Yeah, they did not coach him very well in that. That's so weird. Was, so they're just going to keep on putting on these events. Huh? Dana White well, was like, fuck it. The, yeah, apparently the the UFC is contracted for so many events with ESPN and with yeah. various other, I guess, I guess just ESPN that they have to put on some ridiculous amount of UFC. Like they're not all pay per views, but they have to do like one week basically on ESPN or something like that, or else they like this. There's some sort of contract fuck up fuckery about that, um, and I could be wrong, and I'm sure they'll extend it or something like that. But yeah, they do a lot. But this was it was weird. He was trying to do this for a really long time. It ended up being fine. 
I mean, if you're a fan of, if you ever watch the ultimate fighter or uh, any of those reality shows where um, they don't traditionally have crowds when people are fighting, like it's totally fine. You're still watching a fight, but the energy is definitely eerily different when you're watching two, yeah. you're just oh, totally, yeah. silence, watching two dudes beat the shit out of each other. Well, I mean, that was the thing of even just tuning in. Like I have not watched any, I haven't watched a full wrestling thing in the pandemic. I've seen the clips or whatever, but like watching the clip of like, Becky announced it last night, right? Like she says it, and then it's uh, Asuka. Asuka, I can never say her name. Asuka, Asuka, Asuka. Thank you. She's the one there, and so she's like tries to start a Becky chant, and like there's no one there, and it's just like I know what you're going for, and I. But it's just like they don't. uh, They don't. To be fair to that, she's the only one that does that. Yeah, it's like well, no, I know, but I mean, I'm talking very specifically about this moment. I'm not saying overall with a brush. I'm saying in this moment that would have fucking killed an arena. Right, would have been so powerful. It was weird to go to her and have her be there. I'm like, I understand exactly why it's happening. I'm just saying, like, Dude, oh no, there's, 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 this is her moment to announce it. There was a moment yeah. last week where, in after the fights, it was uh, Henry Cejudo. I, f- I forget the guy that he fought. Uh, oh, it was uh, Dominic Cruz. They they fight each other, and Henry Cejudo wins. And Henry Cejudo's a phenomenal fighter, and he's won multiple times. And Rogan's like, you know, wh- where are you at with your career right now? Do you, how do you, how do you feel? you know, going into this and winning this again. And he goes, he's like, is it cool to be considered one of the greatest fighters of all time? And he's like, I am the greatest fighter of all time. And he's like stumbling through this like bullshit, like monologue that they have to do and no one's cheering. So it's just weird. It's uh, right off the bat. It's weird as fuck. And then Joe Rogan thanks him. Like he always does. And Shane says, he's like, you know, Henry, you're a great fighter. And he's like, I'm sorry to see you retire or whatever. And he's like, yeah, no worries. And then he does the thing that they do to the camera where he gets right up in the camera like this and like flexes real hard and it's fucking dead silent. It's the weirdest thing. Like normally a crowd like, ah, and it bled everywhere, but it was just like, it just, he just went like this. <laughs> it's, it's weird, man. So like for WWE, like, a lot <laughs> of the stuff that knew was like, just, uh, I guess we're done. It's in ring stuff that is like awkward because of all those reasons. And, majority of the people don't call out to the crowds like they act like there is no crowd which is good there's like a couple of exceptions of people that are like playing into it just being stupid but this weekend the pay-per-view is money in the bank which traditionally is there's a briefcase above the ring and then there's like ladders and six competitors. The county in the bank it's it's very similar to that um so there's six competitors in the ring funny fighting to get on the ladder and pull the thing whoever gets it first wins this thing they get the the opportunity to battle for the championship at any moment they choose um but for this one because it's pandemic time they're like we, let's do something different so instead of doing a traditional match they did another one of the like cinematic matches like they've been doing at wrestlemania and they're like you need to climb the corporate ladder and it started at the bottom floor of wwe headquarters and the two briefcases for men and women were on the roof and they had the 12 competitors six women and six men all at once fight throughout the building going up every level to get to the roof in theory this is cool i heard <laughs> it's <is> awful <laughs> it is so bad there's no commentators there's like Ugh. cinematic music playing it's all shot like a movie but it's like with with wrestlers then the majority of them aren't really great actors so it's like it just highlights all the things wrong with wrestling yeah. but it's still fun as fuck like i enjoyed <laughs> the entire thing like it was super fun but they get to the roof eventually and a bunch of shit's happening. Baron Corbin takes Rey Mysterio and throws him off the roof. <laughs> I, heard somebody see- say, I saw the Twitter threads of like, 
Did did Rey Mysterio just get murdered? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he takes Alistair Black, throws him off the roof, and it's like they're 56 stories up, and you literally just see Ray get grabbed, tossed, and you just hear him go, ah! I like while there's I like, like Pirates of the Caribbean music playing underneath it. And there's no com- like if there was commentators to be like, did he just kill him? What's yeah. going on? But there's not. <laughs> it's so weird. That's awkward as fuck. <laughs> I mean, hey, I guess shout out to trying to do something, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, try to get my mind. Shout out to try, but like, y'all need to try harder. Like, it is, they have so many resources, and I get that they're limited right now due to a bunch of situations. But if you're going to do this shit, like, we could, we could have made this more epic. What's that? your woods. We could do it. For for like, for WWE, I agree there needs to be a level of like of showmanship for it because that is what that is. It's sports entertainment, right? But with UFC, like they literally got an arena, lit the whole fucking thing, and had ring girls. And I'm like, who are you telling what round it is to? The, the fucking camera guy? <laughs> like the ring girl it, it obviously is there for tr- more tradition than anything else because they've got signs everywhere that tell you what fucking round it is. But like, but I'm like, why did you guys go through all of the trouble? of mounting this giant production that must have cost the UFC at least a million dollars to get all that shit together, rent the arena, get all that stuff together. Go to the go to the UFC gym in Vegas, light the thing and let people just fight there. Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Like it's sad and it's a sad reminder when the camera pulls out and there's a beautiful jib shot of an empty arena that people aren't allowed to watch the sport in person. I'm like, you don't need it in this shit. It's fighting. It's it's going to like watching Francis and Ganu fucking murk someone in 10 seconds is going to be every bit as exciting in just a normal gym as it would be in this giant arena because it's terrifying giant empty arena yeah, yeah, yeah the money in the bank shot just kept cutting to a shot of a, a helicopter camera it wasn't a drone it was clearly like a helicopter going around the building of just this empty wrestling rig on the roof i just feel like they need and you know what's funny is they and, and i say this half half kidding but half serious is they need more people like us who are like y'all need to just hype it up reconceive how you do these things from like a smaller but more like just a different perspective yeah like go going bigger having a helicopter shot of an arena is not going to get you what you want you guys have to kind of reconceive this shit i mean granted hopefully in the next couple months we'll be able to get back to normal but what is a I, I aside from the few clips that I've seen what Saturday Night Live is doing on Twitter, I don't really I haven't seen a full episode yet. Well, Saturday and, Night Live doesn't get laughs anyway, so it doesn't matter. Hey, if they hey, yeah, um, that's comedy right there. No, but like I <laughs> on other people's products is comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like I just I just don't really know what else that they like I. I've seen the few clips of Weekend Update and I've seen Alec Baldwin beat Trump and stuff like that, but it's all like teleconference looking stuff and it's yeah. also perfectly like a Zoom call. I just don't really know what else that they're doing besides. I, I know that uh, Adam Sandler did that short with Pete Davidson where they, they did a rap. behind the scenes of that that was pretty cool, like breaking down how they did it because it was very impressive for quarantine times. Huh. All I've seen so far is just a few interviews pop up here with like, I think Seth, I saw I clicked on something today. It was like uh, Seth Myers was interviewing Tina Fey and I clicked on it and I was like, why don't they at least give them mics? Like, how do they not have, it sounds like they're just recording straight with their computer mic. I don't understand it, but yeah, yeah. That's, basically, that's pretty much all of ESPN right now. It's still pretty bad. The level of production 
ESPN. Which is surprising that so many people are still like that. We made a joke about it during the uh, Xbox conference, right? Where it was like, again, get shout some out the Yeti e- mics. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, oh, the Friday or the, you know, the Friday before we all went to work from home, right? We were like, all right, what does everybody have? What does everybody need? And we didn't have it all on day one, but we had it by day four. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? To this, this level of production, it hasn't changed much since then. And it's because it's good enough. How many people do you think work on the production side of ESPN? And what are the other 150 people doing, if not ordering mics for their talent and lights and like explaining it for them how to use it? Yeah, Levitard yeah. Show still does the, the worst thing where uh, b- because of because they're not just televising a Discord call or a Zoom call, they're not they can't just do that for whatever reason. So Lebetard and Stu Gotts have their mics and their headsets or whatever, and everybody else is on a Zoom call. And when anybody else wants to speak, Mike Ryan will take uh, his headset and push it up into the speaker so that you could hear them. Or he'll take the microphone and push it up against the speaker so you could hear the other people talking. Like It's still the worst system, and I can't believe that they haven't you know, I, I I hate being the fan of like this is unacceptable, but it's like it's crazy that it's crazy that they, and they they reference it all the time. Like Dan will be like, again, we are America's sports leader, worldwide sports leader. <laughs> we still have this setup. Like, why are we doing this? I mean, it's, it's weird because like you know, this is kind of just a testament of how lucky we are in the situation right now, both just with the pandemic, but also just in terms of production and entertainment, where we're of the YouTube generation, where we need to know the back end and front end. We can't just be on camera. We need to at least have an understanding of how think sound look blah 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 all that stuff like all the elements that that make it work but it is interesting seeing like the bigger guys just totally not nail it but even with us like recently a couple days ago we were doing uh um collaboration content with funhouse that's going out for the kind of funhouse week in a couple weeks that you'll be able to see on our channel and their channel um and just seeing yesterday it was me me and andy and the their setup's totally different than our setup. Oh yeah. And going through all the things, trying to figure out like how how to nail how they do it. It it's interesting because it just like teaches you a different side of stuff. And it's like not necessarily that we need to adapt those principles, but just learning it and seeing that there are other people that are putting a lot of thought into the content itself and like how we should optimize this type of production differently than we would in our traditional studio it's really cool stuff you know i I like that there's there's not just one answer well it also gives you like a sense of priorities right which is like our priority is obviously like what is the path the best and smoothest path of least resistance to get our content recorded and get it out to the audience whereas like uh, when we were doing the family feud thing with uh with the funhouse they are like, oh, we want you guys to record audio on your side. And they had this they had this workaround for OBS where you could stream out of your OBS, like and use your OBS as a cam and also record at the same time. And I was like, oh, that's really fucking cool. But obviously, like for us, even though that's an option, I'm like, I, the level of quality that we're hitting with our stuff right now, I think is great. And like, I don't know, you have to weigh, is it worth having Cool G get all the footage together, download it, maybe waste half a day cobbling it all together, syncing it, and then, you know what I mean? So it's, it's show it, by show, right? It, and I feel like it, it's, that, it's that level of understanding of what your product is, like, yeah. you know, criticizing WWE and UFC for like going too big in weird ways that make it feel small. I feel like with us, it's like KFAF like should be better because there's more being put into it whereas like podcasts these are conversation like if one of us like lose quality for a little bit like visually it's not the end of the world ideally it wouldn't be there but it's not worth adding 
three to 10 hours of editing and exporting and uploading to be able to fix that. I mean, Andy and I talk a lot about various groups of um, musical artists and uh, old, uh, uh, F, what is it, TGIF stars uh, gangbanging him So on NKFAF. So that demands yeah. quality um, this week. Yeah, that yeah. requires that. Take Tim, it. Tim, they, 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 uh, I, they, <laughs> Every they taught me a really cool uh, sort of OBS hack. And I'm just going to say it right here. There's a big secret, big funhouse secrets coming out. Uh, what what we recorded a Let's Play. I, I recorded a Let's Play with him and we did some some CSGO kind of modded game stuff. And we made the canvas of OBS 3440 by 1080. So it's two 1080 screens sitting left to right and you put the game up on one side and you put the full wet, uh, face cam on the other so you have a full resolution face cam oh, and a full shit. game and you record that and then you could just use like the full resolution camera and not have to like get a shitty grainy version of a small whoa. webcam yeah i was like whoa that's really smart yeah fucking good shit see and lessons I, yeah and they're and, and they're like look we would like we're learning so many things because we are in this situation <laughs> like yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe yeah, something, something maybe. that I really want to learn, like Andy, at some point I want to sit down with you on a Discord call. It's just like, I don't understand Twitch at all. Like I, if I had to go live, this company would fall apart. <laughs> like I have yeah. no clue how to make that happen. But it's just like little OBS things. I'm like, I should know this. Like I should like yesterday, Elise was asking me to like do a bunch of things. I'm like, I am so lost right now. And I figured it out. It was easy. But like, yeah. there's just like a basic education that like, it's I just like whatever is all better. Like whenever, uh, Whenever Kevin tells Barrett, if I die, you'll have to, you know, you'll know this. And that's what it's like with Tim. It's like if any of us die and Tim has to go live by himself saying everybody else is dead, (laughs) you'll be able to go live. It'll be pre-recorded. Nobody needs to know anything. You guys are totally fine. Don't worry about it. Everybody, everything's fine. No, I feel like you guys don't have to know anything. No, Kevin, do. Are you, do you feel like you're Kevin, sort of a dispensable right now, Kevin? Like, wait, Kevin, he said if Kevin dies, you have to. When you so figure it out. Haunt us and, and as like a ghoul and still run our content? I'm just saying you guys are doing a bunch of research and stuff. You don't need to worry about it. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Because he knows once you figure, once you do it and you stream it and you use an overlay, you're like, this is really easy. Wait, we why know. does Kevin fuck it up so much? <laughs> no. Remember that time you cried <laughs> and we're like, I need you to take over? And it's so ridiculous how much easier it's gotten since then. Like, so and it's not plug and play by any stretch of the imagination, but like it has come. So, as somebody who hasn't touched it yet since 2015, when Kevin jumped on the grenade as a, the hero he is for kind of funny, like having to do it all from here, I, I was so gun shy about it. And then getting back in and be like, all right, well, OBS is still a piece of shit at times, but like it still is. I understand what I'm doing. The basics I understood, I learned in 2015 to do all of this. Mm-hmm. I can apply here, and it, the systems have come far enough where it's actually working rather than being more hurdles and more problems and like the fact that for any of the stream stuff i've done uh on my own or from here or me and nick doing last of us which is insane of him streaming his playstation 4 to my playstation 4 and then me streaming that and the discord out and that worked and it wasn't i mean it wasn't great obviously it wasn't like fucking you know 1080 but the fact that it worked and i've been doing i did you know i do streams here of borderlands or whatever and there's no audio sync which i always remember in 2015 in 2014 2013 when i started streaming on my own like being such a bitch of like going in and millisecond delays and all the other crap the fact that you know aver's been able to come around with this system and get it to their obs is where it is discord is where it is it's fucking phenomenal and crazy how good everything is maybe hey andy maybe we should send kevin to the levitard show and just have him like text him that would be phenomenal it's possible. Oh my god! They would. How do we I do feel this? Like I, I could would be totally... very helpful to them. 
They probably They have a guy that works there that like he he always tries to get on the mic and they're just like, oh god, here he is. I feel like Kevin might turn into that role. His name is uh Lorenzo, but his real name is Lauren, and he just added the Z-O to the end of his name. And he and every time he pops on the mic, he'll be like, What's up, guys? And they'll be like, Oh god, here you go. That doesn't sound familiar (laughs) ladies and gentlemen how about a word from our sponsor it's youtube.com slash kind of funny games are you from are you aware ladies and gentlemen that you're watching a kind of funny product and that's for some reason youtube.com slash kind of funny has more subscribers than youtube.com slash kind of funny games that's fucked up i'll give you one guess what the reason is andrew you want to watch kfaf garbo all the time instead of come get hot breaking news and let's plays and cool stuff over on youtube.com kind of funny games KFAF Garbo, we have a segment dedicated to you this week called Greg Does Amazing Stuff. Sure, it is. Sure. Okay. We, have, we wrote wait. a theme song for it. Andy yeah, wrote a theme song for it. You know what I mean? No, no, no. It's very nice stuff. It's good I don't stuff. believe We've it. Turned, we've turned a new leaf. We're tur- we're, no, there's leaks everywhere. We turned them. Yeah. Turn them. <laughs> Anyways, go subscribe. Just like Transformers <laughs> Age of Extinction. Maybe turn, in, turn the corner. corner. <laughs> what a shit show that fucking movie was. <laughs> I You don't understand. Like, it was. I got mad at it. I got mad at Transformers. No, Age of Extinction is the one oh, that no. you... That's the one I turned a corner on, but I turned yeah. I turned the corner right back for the last <laughs> night. You turned that leaf again. <laughs> I, I, made, I pretty much made the fucking block when it came to the last night. That movie, as I was doing the synopsis for it, I went through every range of emotion possible. Where at first I was excited, then I was Rage. scared, then I was super disappointed. And then right around hour two, I was like, I am fucking livid that I have to watch the next <laughs> movie and talk about it. Like, oh angry. man, when my wife's like, you need to get up and just walk around a little bit because I was like, <laughs> how, could this? how could they make this? Fu-? Like, she got paid millions of dollars to make that movie, millions, millions of dollars. And I work just as hard on every episode of KFA tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> are we, is it done? Is that, is it done then? Are we are, are the last Transformers yet? No, we got Bumblebee. We have this two week. more. I can't fucking believe there's this many movies. <laughs> well, it's we're cheating a little bit. Yeah, we're we're doing the animated movie too. I'm excited to watch Bumblebee and me too. Those are good movies. Yeah, those are actually good. I've never seen either of them. I think I've seen the the animated one when I was a kid, and I just have like these like very very distant, hard to see memories of popping in the VHS and my brother watching it. But other than that, I I don't know anything about it. I mean, it's it is phenomenal. It's a kids movie. It's a kids cartoon turned into a movie. Blah blah blah. Like it's corny as fuck, and there's a lot of issues. But like. It is a cool story and it's dark and there's like character growth and shit. And like, you don't get that from the show itself. So why is to see that? Why is you've got the touch? Why is that the theme song? You'll see in the animated movie. Okay. It's the shit. And it's an amazing moment. In my opinion. Danny Tamayo writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like you can to be part of the show and says, you've mentioned that you'd want to see the else world slash multiverse where Nick is married to Andrea. What other else worlds would y'all <laughs> peek into? Not live in, Holy just visit like Disney World. Oh, I feel like can God. I can I address that first part real quick? Sure. I feel like it we would either be the best couple ever. No, it's not that or one. I would be just so subservient to her. No, we we explain it. I, I said word for word, I said, Nick, she would dominate your bitch ass. 
And that, that was the thing. If you remember how this was, it's an old kind of funny one where we all went out to eat at Chevy's before the world ended. And Andrea was there and or Olive Garden, actually. I think I'd retold the story is at a Chevy's. Doesn't matter in the long run. And it was that thing of you and her were going at it and being Nick and Andrea. And I was like, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm happy you guys are happily married. I don't I love your partners, they're both amazing. But there is a multiverse where you guys are married and I would love to see it. And yeah, Nick laughed and Andy goes, She would own your bitch ass. And then then Nick's response immediately was, Nick heard it, ran with a joke, and it was, how do you like my – it's my new Lexus. I don't really like it, but Andrea got it because we needed to match. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was that universe. <laughs> God damn, that's funny. I'm funny I don't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea made me get it. So we could match. You're such a bitch. Dude. Oh, I know. I need it, dude. I need it. I have to tell me what to do occasionally what multiverse would you want a glimpse into oh fuck i don't know like that that's such such a tone for this conversation yeah it's just like i'm, I'm thinking take it your own direction do you think yeah i don't know people with like who i mean no i know you know what i mean there's a world one if you don't have anything nice to say don't think, say anything at all <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say about that i'm not gonna say you guys you know there's you definitely know. there's definitely a universe where andy's working at funhouse and gets me a job there sure Really, I mean, we do camp AF at Funhouse and it gets two trillion views yeah, every single day. Yeah. No, have we thought about asking them to rebroadcast old episodes? <laughs> Paying them? <laughs> How much do you think it would take for for James to do that? Just hit the hit the go button, a couple hundred bucks, a couple hundred Benjamins, a couple bottles of creatine. You know what I mean? <laughs> a couple of bottles. I think. Tim, I think be honest with me. What? Tim, be honest with you. Were you about to say something about Fran? No, I wasn't. Was it Sean Finnegan? No, I wasn't. It wasn't Sean Finnegan. Let's <laughs> wow. get on the laundry list of people who usually yeah. get shit on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's neither one of them. But God, it's fun to fuck with both it's of them Kevin. so much. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I I like to see one. I, in, again, a glimpse, because obviously everything worked for the better. But it'd be cool if we could look into the parallel universe where we didn't leave IGN. I was going to say that, yeah. Where we, like where we still did this sort of in some way, but with I, underneath the IGN umbrella. Well, I was thinking that we never, we never, you know, we got to that point of where they were like, you, you got to make a choice, and we were like, we went, all right, fine, we'll do IGN, don't worry oh, about I, it. I don't, I would love to see that, but I, I can tell you exactly how that would have gone. Me and you would have five minutes after that happened, we'd have been like, we made a terrible mistake, and we would have walked. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's such a crazy idea. Like I can't even imagine. Like especially, I mean, there's so many ifs and ands and buts where IGN was great. But the moment we started doing this, it's like, well, this is what I, this is it. This is what I want to do. It's like there was no questioning. There was no looking back. So it's like I would feel stuck there. Like, well, that would be the thing. I think that's what it would be because I remember when we were even building up to this, where Nick had like a, a countdown clock on him, right? Where it was like he's like, you were like, I've almost been here a decade. Like, I need to make the next move. Yeah. Like, what would have happened? Yeah, if we were like, for some reason, we we're all like, you know what? I don't want to. We don't want to go. Or we're not going to go all together or whatever. If Nick would have been like, all right, cool, I'm bouncing, and then does he go to LA? Does he, you know? Maybe I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I look at the landscape, and there aren't too many places that I think. I mean, now there are. Now there's 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 more opportunities out there. But there's oh, yeah, nothing. Now you know. Of course, with the rest of them. Yeah, I mean, I would just go. I would I would basically take walk in, take Mike Ransky by the pants, throw his ass out, and be like, the fucking real man's here. You know, time for the real put a head of production to fucking take over. All right, Nate Shot, let's go. Let's get Max Jarpino, the head of production at a hundred thieves. Andy Cortez, what are what's your thoughts on this? What's the elevator pitch on what a hundred thieves does? Oh, uh, what hundred the fucking uh, they cash checks, bro. That's what. <laughs> okay. I was Nate Shaw responds to one thing. I, I don't could know. Just I could just picture. 
I just picture Nick in black and red joggers every day. Oh my god! And he's walking around, and he's got like a sick ass fucking hoodie, and he's got a always a Bluetooth headset on with an iPad in his hand. Andy, that's not Bluetooth's not calling anymore. I'd have one, but still the cord, so people know they're in my ear. I'd have one uh, Apple Pod in my ear all all the time, and no one would ever know what I'm listening to. Like, am I talking to someone? Am I listening to a podcast? No one would know. Hoodie up. Everything would be black and white. on like sick ass shoes, like four hundred dollars shoes. I would try to. I would try somehow to show up in a new Lambo every day, just a totally different Lambo every day. Nick just- would kill it at a hundred thieves if he worked there. <laughs> like everybody would love him, dude. <laughs> hey man, who knows? No one knows what the future holds in store. You never <laughs> we'll know. Man. You never know, man. It's possible <laughs> I retire from kind of funny and go run an esports league. <laughs> I don't think they run a league. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what's your what's your pocket universe you want to look at? God, I don't know, man. Um, I love Nick doing a hundred thieves stuff. Obviously, yeah. I would like to see a world, an alternate world where Tim is running like concerts. Like he is, he is sort I of stage manager. He I he's like sort this. of like a Matt Scarpino, um, just less. See, I- Less I'll, I'll go you one further. I don't think that. I think Tim, if Tim didn't go the route of being the host, I think Tim could have been the producer for like Macklemore and like taken his shit up to like eight thousand, and then and then eventually become an artist like that. You know what I mean? Like I think you would have could have backed into like making people's beats dope, and then making music videos that are dope, and then concerts that are dope, and then eventually they're like. And then you have that moment where Macklemore is like, I'm, I'm just an old broken down piece of meat, Tim. And then he fucking, he's like, you got to take, you got to take the mantle. And you're like, I don't want, okay, fuck it. And you get on a stage. Like, <laughs> okay, fuck it. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you do the fast forward. He's like, I'm one year younger than you. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> broken down piece of meat. <laughs> yeah. all, it always goes back to the wrestler. I love it. I freaking yeah, love I, it. I just, see, I see Tim uh, like, you know, being sort of this, this visionary that artists want to hire to really, really pump up their stage presence, pump up the look of their, of their shit. Uh, I see, I see Greg, maybe you just leaving IGN on your own and like not even doing kind of funny, but you just become, uh, you're just like the de facto of everything. Yeah. Like at more than you already are, you know, like you are, you're doing the WWE stuff. You're you're with Golden. You're shoutcasting. You're into esports. Oh, wow. you're, you're commentating esports stuff, and then getting dinner after the event with Nick Scarpino. Who going on Sinatra's going mid. He's gonna yeah, shoot yeah. that. Thing. He's about to get some points. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're like I, I I think Greg would fit in so well with the esports world because it's just it's so the the pace is so breakneck. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I look good in the suit oh, yeah. too. Yeah, you do look good in the suit. That's true. Very tall. Tim, if you ever go and be a producer for someone where you put like you put the sparkle on on whatever else the content is, can we call you the glitter man? You can call me that now. Can that be your producing? I just want to be kind of fun as glitter man, you know? Well, I'm glitter glitter man. Man. I am already. I, there's too. also a world where Tim is still it like Tim worked at RT. Oh, that's definitely. A weird, that's a weird thing. Yeah. I mean, I wanted that more than anything. Even when I was IGN. <laughs> Here's a question. So you want you you want RT. So in, in a parallel universe, maybe RT. But is there is there a part of your brain that's like, if I stayed at IGN, I would have done more with Simply Complex? I'm not staying at IGN. No, IGN no. was very much the choosing. Like this is a strategy. This is building this up and right. like, gaining the real world skills. It's the actual college. 
you yeah. know, yeah. going forward. I mean, I remember like even like being at IG when I was at IGN, there was a lot of opportunities with Rooster Teeth due to like connections I had and stuff where it was like opportunities came up where it's like I could have been a producer on Red versus Blue. And it's like, I didn't want that as much as I wanted that. It was like once it was a real opportunity, it's like, no, that's not actually what I want to do. You know, why not? Well, just because I feel like it's, you know, just taking I over someone else's thing or. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it was a weird mix of, you know, to make this not just sound like, oh, I'm better than everyone. The other side of it is it's like I'm not good enough to be able to do that to the level of quality that I enjoy it. Like, it's not my baby. It's not something that I, I'm that good at. And then the other side of it is like, I just feel like my greatest strengths lie with production, with the glitter. You know, I need the Greg Miller. It's like, I, I feel like everything in my life worked out in a way where it's just like i was like given greg <laughs> yeah you know what i mean it's like i, 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 I thought like, you and i both yeah. were were sort of we adopted greg for the low low price of a box of tabasco cheez it's that's true yeah that's true it's a good box. That was fantastic box but yeah no yeah. it's like it's one of those things where it's hard to think about a alternate reality because there's so many well, if this happens, then that wouldn't happen, sure. you know, type things. And it's, you know, the hypotheticals are fun, but it's like, yeah, any of these variations, it's like weird to think about because I don't think there's a world where I was at IGN where I could break out and like be anywhere near as successful as I am if it wasn't for having you guys at the right time, all of us in different ways. Oh, yeah. I mean, like we talked real talk, like the idea of working for 100 Thieves while their new facility is great. And I'm sure that company is phenomenal. That sounds horrible to me. Like what we do here has gives us so much freedom and, and the ability to like actually feel to whatever degree is true. I don't know that we have control over our destiny is is very, very like it's invaluable. Like the idea of having three or four more bosses. Ugh, forget it, Nick. But they have a cash app streaming room, you guys. I'd like to um like <laughs> formally announce re- retiring from kind of funny and then i'll be back in a day so uh, i guess actually though t- trying to take the topic and like take it in a, a fun direction that's not just shrugging off of something i can't do if andy had not joined us because mm-hmm. like you know we we like the the road of hiring people are kind of funny if i'm being completely honest at this point it gets a little hazy but when it comes to you cool greg and joey because you guys were just kind of like all there in different ways we've been working with all three of you longer than was public where it's like cool greg would be editing in the background just assisting kevin like forever it felt like joey was always doing our social stuff even though she wasn't living or working in san francisco first got her you yeah exactly and so it's like i get a little hazy on that stuff and then you were doing like the t-shirts and stuff and i was in constant communication with you like telling you way too many things that I shouldn't have been telling you at the time. <laughs> so much NDA shit. Um, so many embargoed things. <laughs> More than I know now, it feels like. Jesus. <laughs> oh my, did you like, see the text? I texted you that I, I got on it. Fuck Andy, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, but it was like, you know, I don't remember exactly the order of when everyone came and all this stuff, but you definitely were a different type of hire than the the rest of everybody, where I feel like you were the first person that I mean, we were hiring you to be an editor and stuff, but it was also with the idea that you're funny as shit and like going to be on camera to some extent. We didn't know what it was going to be, you know, and it's like, I wonder if you had straight up said no, because to be clear, you didn't say yes. To be clear, you (laughs) did say yes, 
You just also didn't act on it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you still haven't actually um, accepted the job here at Kind of Funny, Andy. So if you'd like to sign that letter, that'd be great. I never was sent a letter. So. Okay, well, now we're really digging to the, to the, to the middle of the here. But it's like well, in like, a world where Andy said no. I would have angled for Achievement Hunter. For you? Yeah. Instead of Funhouse? Yeah, because I, I would have loved to have stayed in Texas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. I would have angled to to work for Achievement Hunter or just somewhere else in RT. Because like much like Tim, opportunities were there when when it was made no when it was uh, um, made known that I was leaving for kind of funny. And there was a lot of like, what if how about this? What if this uh, I would have angled for Achievement Hunter? Probably. Yeah. Just because I feel like they were more up my alley of what I wanted to do and be on camera and be silly and find that comedic voice. Because even part when I was on the games team, my uh, my boss at the time, Michael Hadwin, was like, we kind of see where you're going. Would you eventually want to would you eventually want to be like, yeah, you're the mascot. Would you just kind of want to be the voice for this company and be the guy who's always would you want to be the uh, representative? Of, huh? Yeah, almost like a almost like a representative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Bethesda, Pete Hines. Phil Spencer. Yeah. Um, I mean, face of the company. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. We need Bernie Burns. But more of like, we need somebody to go to talk about our games on other podcasts who is funny and personable. Uh, You know, Tim Cook. What? what? I just wasn't expecting a random voice. You to <laughs> Tim Cook? Because, well, you know, he goes and announces all the big yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure, Kev. Uh, but yeah, I, I, w- I probably would have angled for something like Achievement Hunter or, I don't know, something like that. So if Andy were to go to Achievement Hunter, what would we have done? It's hard, like, it's hard to go back and, like, think of that, that time period. Oh, without Andy? I don't think I, we would have we wouldn't have changed much, right? Because it was I mean, we were looking every hire kind of funny comes from what's our pain point that leads us to the next hire, right? So I think the hiring of Andy was, yeah, what's our next what 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 what's a pain point? What do we want to bring in house? Obviously, we wanna we wanted to do party mode, we wanted to do something like that, we wanted to have t-shirts inside. I feel like if he had said no, right, it wouldn't have been like a oh fuck scramble kind of thing. I think it would have been a all right, fine, we gotta figure out the next person who can take that role. Yeah. Yeah, I just I wonder what that would, would have been. You know, Brad even not a scramble, but just I wonder what like what How steps much would have led to. And and again it gets hard because we know where we ended up. So it's like uh, the easy answer would be, you know, like a Barrett or a blessing, because yeah. that's what happened. But but it's not necessarily an order thing, you know? It's like that's where it gets weird. Whereas like our our needs and for the team now are so unique to this time period right now but in a couple of months they're gonna be different of course i you feel know? like the question was mostly asking like who would we be dating in an alternate universe but i don't want to put that energy out in the universe because people get creepy peepee i don't think yeah. that's what it was meant as i think he oh, was really? just okay. he told that story before so what other else worlds? he didn't yeah what other else worlds would you want to peek into I mean, I think it's fast, too. Like, I mean, I would obviously want to go peek into the universe where the Snyderverse continued. You know what I mean? Let's see what that Justice League part one and two would look like, you know? Let's yeah. see what's over there. What about 9-11 not happening? What about the Titanic not happening? What about, you know, the wars not What happening? if Kevin only had two cars? What if Kevin only had two cars? There's a big part there, too. What if Kevin were a giant and could, and could roller skate with his cars? <laughs> <laughs> Are we inventing the pocket universe? <laughs> We're just events that changed, and now it's <laughs> put, it, put it in neutral, Paula. Put it in neutral. 
Get the, get the keys to the other car, Paula Paula. You know, the whole Kevin, family. Kevin, what pocket universe would you want to see? What other multiverse do you want to go to? Uh, I don't know. Maybe back when <laughs> when we started working together and you guys were all making fun of me and I was like, ah, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Maybe <laughs> if, I had, if I had been like, yeah, you know what? It's not appropriate. Oh, so you, you're thinking if you just stood up for yourself back then, your life now would be drastically better? Uh, you know, nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Who's <laughs> I like how uh, picking on Kevin, like we said, he's a giant who skateboard sk- or roller skates with cars, and like we've pushed him so far that back over the line. <laughs> That's outrageous. The, the, thing about, the thing about Kev is that he knows it's not over the line, but he knows that if but most of the things that I say that are silly we are learned our be- lesson. You know what I mean? Like, don't Nick, let Nick finish. He's going to insult me at some point. Also, if I give you guys an inch, you're going to take a mile. So, like, yeah. Right now, I'm a giant. Soon, it's just going to be me and one of my three cars again. Right now, I'm a giant. He's seen the narrative devolve. Kevin knows that this thing Kevin is acutely aware of is that in in, kind of funny, a compliment for any member of the group. There it is. There he is. is. There he is. That's the giant roller skating. He he actually hangs out with the giant that runs the hot tub. That's amazing. Oh man, I'm a noon joke. (laughs) Kevin knows what everyone inherently knows is that a compliment for any member of the kind of funny team is just a little bit away from an insult. It's always just right up against an insult ready to come. So you got to be careful. You know, one of the ladies' head get too big. You know what I mean? Oh, God, no. God, no. Well, I'm like, Andy, nice glasses. Still short. This <laughs> 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 is a funny podcast each and every week for best friend gather on this table. Just come to bullshit with each other. If you want to bullshit with us, go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. You can give us your questions, your comments, your concerns, everything under the kind of funny sun. Be part of the show. Get it ad free. And of course, watch the exclusive post show. We are about to record however if you have no bucks to toss our way it's no big deal head over to youtube.com slash kind of funny roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every week to get a brand new episode chock full of ads except for right now when nobody's sponsoring anything because they're dying and also no post show but you can still go to patreon and get the post show there or you can get the show ad free you understand in the, in the post show i have a new gia story that is similar to the batman parents Ooh. dying moment oh great Excited. i like that and then I have a question from one Charles Jacobson I'd like to get answered and have a conversation about, about with him. I'm going to the question right now. Oh, it's a long one. Before the show starts. You, so you're trying you to really don't like that, right? Well, I we wanted, were doing well, I, that for a little bit, and they were like, no. No, no. I mean, what they weren't liking, Kevin, what they weren't liking is when we would have a full-on 20-minute conversation, and then the show would start, oh, and nobody yeah. would understand where we yeah. set it off from. <laughs> yeah. So Charles' question here of like, when will you decide to delay the kind of funny studio 2.0 event till 2021? And that's the, he has questions and he has stuff in front of it and behind it and stuff like that. Okay. Good. All right. So that's, now we're going to the post show. <laughs>